I'm Christina. And I'm Megan. And this is The Aftermath of Sex. I'm a certified nurse midwife. And I'm a registered nurse. And this is not medical advice. Here we are again. Yes. Here we are again. Yep. For glorious day. <laughs> I just want to sing all the time. Yeah. When just I'm leave, around Megan. I know. Just leave it to you to sing. I know. I can't help it. Well, you're a good singer. It's okay. Everyone's <laughs> I can carry a tune once in a minute. All right. So what's what's happening? Oh, not much. You know, same old, same old. No. No, I mean just the same old stuff. I don't have anything new. Same stuff, different day? Same stuff, different day. Okay. Man, I really hope that the smoke is gone by the time this episode comes out. I really hope so, because that would be quite some time. So, our air quality in Fairbanks, Alaska is hazardous today. It's very hazardous. Like, twice the hazardous amount, actually. I was reading. Yeah. Yeah. And so, what this means is that our animals need to be Mm -hmm. inside. And, and people need and to be inside. Our people need to be inside or they need to go to places where there's fresh recycled air, yeah. like in the special rooms at the hospital. Yeah. And when we have children that can't go outside and play or dogs that cannot go outside and play, um, it's challenging yeah. to keep your head about you. Yeah, especially in the middle of summer. When we want to just be outside. Yeah. And I think the fires are pretty far away too. They're really not. I mean, Delta's How far, not that far Oh, is it away. Delta? Is well, it in Delta? I think it's on both sides of us, honestly. Okay. But I haven't actually looked. So we have this crazy, rainless lightning storm. Yeah. And it was crazy lightning with no... When was that? Um, Where was I? Did it was I, like... Was it in Delta? Well, was it here? <laughs> I'm confused. I missed this. Where was... Where... Where where was I? I saw it. I was like, this is weird. It's not raining, but look at the oh, it was last week or where what I was here in Fairbanks. Okay. And it was just you could see the lightning and you could hear the thunder, but there was no, no rain. rain. Yeah, and that's I was like, a problem. This is gonna cause a fire. And yeah. it did. It caused two on both sides of us. Oh man. Which is really annoying. Well, that's why we're suffocating. It's like it's like looking into a fog. Yes. It's really bad. Actually, so I got out of my car and it looked like it was snowing, but it was just ash. It was ash. Yeah. On my view. I saw something on Facebook. Somebody had posted it's snowing. And then of course all the comments come in. Yeah. Because it's not really snowing. It's not at all. Thank goodness. It's ash. It's ash. I think I would rather snow. Well, it would be safer and healthier. (laughs) (laughs) It would be more devastating in the long run. But very devastating if it snowed right now. Whatever month we're in, August. The beginning of August. Yeah. Rude. I know. Anyway, no, just the ash. So, yeah, hopefully it'll clear up pretty soon because yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. That's what's been happening. I don't really here. have any fun stories to tell. Okay. Well, we can just dive right into it. Okay. Okay. But first. But first, don't forget. Yeah. Share your stories. Currently, we have a giveaway. Yeah. Two stickers. Not just one. But two stickers. One for you and a friend. You and a friend will get two stickers. One for you, one for your friend. 
if one of you shares a story, yes, it can be any story, it can be a vaginal related to mishap. the topics that we talk about. <laughs> well, it can be anything. Does it happen to you? I feel like I don't want to be, you know, restrictive on people's storytelling. Sure, if sure. it's a good story, yeah. I feel like parenting stories have yeah. a place here. Oh yeah, I agree. And yep. um, I I really do. I feel yeah. like there's. You know, there's so many things our kids there's do, and you're like, did that just even happen? Yeah. Actually, this does this does give me something to share. Okay. The other day, I was in the vehicle, and three of our small children in our family were in the back seat. So it was my daughter, my niece, and my nephew. And their conversation went mm-hmm. a little something like this. So that's not how babies are born. Oh dear. And <laughs> one of you probably, all of you probably know that that's my little one mm-hmm. saying that's not where babies come from. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, oh no. Where's this going? <laughs> and so. Well, I'm curious as to what, what was the comment that led her to say that? I can't remember. Okay. I want to remember, yeah. but I can't remember. But she said, actually, they can come from, you know, a mom's private because she knew that she was getting into getting into yeah Mm -hmm. not because it's not her job to educate sure it's parents jobs to educate and so she can have information but she can't share right sure so we're in the car and she's treading lightly yeah but she's like you actually need a dad part and a mom part to have a baby and it it comes out of a mom part and she's being very diplomatic yeah i feel yeah. like she was being conscious conscientious yeah. of what she was saying right and then um, i'm not gonna say if it was my niece or my nephew but they said well they can't if they're transgender okay <laughs> and so then the conversation was well i mean they have to have a vagina and then it was like well sure so it can work one way for transgender but not the other and i was like Great conversation, but we're going to just stop, stop right it now. right now. <laughs> but it was just so Not funny. Like, today. how I'm we're talking about a seven, eight, and nine year old. Yeah. And um, yeah, they were all very well informed. Wow. About the babies. And yeah. what happens if you're transgender trying to have a baby? Interesting. And it was all their conversation. And I just said, okay, let's, you know, and I, Probably change the subject because I yes. felt like we were treading on some I, yeah. um, interesting topics that probably yeah. need to be involved. Uh, involved. Parents, parents, yeah. parents' involvement on that conversation <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so kids say crazy things. They do. So if you have a parent story where you're like, oh, oh my gosh, I don't even know, then wow. send that in because yeah. I think those are great too. Oh my gosh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we're share your stories. Just... Yep. Sorry, I talked over you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, share your stories. And you do that by going to www.theaos411.com or you can send it to our email at theaos411 at gmail.com. Or you're listening to this. So that means if you scroll down just a little bit under the comments, there's a link. A link. It takes you right to it. Yeah. Yeah. We forget to tell people that. Just click the button. Just click it. I'll take you right to our website yeah where you can be a hundred percent anonymous yeah and share your mailing address yeah so you can get a sticker two, two stickers two stickers <laughs> all right 
Very good. Yay. Okay. Talk Shall we go? It. Go into uterine fibroids. Let's do it. Okay. So this is really interesting. And I, I had a different topic picked out to research, which I am going to research because I think it's really fascinating, but it just felt like a little bit too heavy with what I was going on right now. And so then I was like, wow, uterine fibroids. We've had a lot of mamas coming in with uterine fibroids recently, even some that have been causing problems. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that'll be interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about uterine fibroids. Yeah. Okay. So they are also known as leomyomas mm -hmm. and the leo is like smooth myomuscle. So smooth muscle tumors basically is what a fibroid is. Um, they grow in the wall of the uterus because that's what we're talking about. Fibroids can grow anywhere really, but we're talking about specifically in the uterus. Um, these tumors um, or fibroids, they contain um, fibroblasts, which are just fibrous cellular material that secrete collagen proteins that help support and maintain structural framework of tissues. So it's good stuff unless it creates this fibroid, which can cause a problem. Okay. However, um, a lot of times they don't even cause a problem. So we'll get there. I feel like people have them and they don't realize they have yes, them. Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, so they are almost always benign. They're not cancerous. Almost always. Almost always. Only one in 1,000 fibroids um, are found to be cancerous. Yeah. And they are called leomyosarcomas. So okay. the cancer, cancer, um, or sarcoma means flesh, actually, a flesh tumor. Um, they can grow as a single tumor or there can be many of them in the uterus. Um, they can be really small or they can be really large. They um, likened it to like, it can be as small as like a pea or as large as like a grapefruit, but they can be all different. It can they be can as be large as a basketball. As large as a I basketball. I have had a lady yeah. that had a pregnancy and um, we were concerned about her going to term gestation because her fibroid was greater than 10 centimeters. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it was, you could see it yeah. as this mass. Yeah. And then her pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, crazy. Oh yes. They yeah. can be very, very large. Um, so about 20 to 80% of women develop fibroids by the time they reach age 50. I mean, 20 to 80, that's a huge range. It is a huge range. That's why I think that there's a lot of people who have them that just don't know to. Yeah. Um, most, um, they're most common though in the forties and fifties. Mm -hmm. Ages 40s and 50s. Um, not all fibroids are symptomatic. 25 to 30% of women report symptoms. So that means like a lot of people don't have symptoms, mm -hmm. most, the majority. Um, once they grow large, though, they this is where they usually cause problems because they can compress different organs and they can cause pain, discomfort, um, bleeding, lots of bleeding. Um, pressure on the bladder can cause frequent urination and on the bowels can cause like rectal, uncomfortable rectal pressure. Um, and then they can cause your abdomen be to become abnormally large. Mm -hmm. Um, and they can grow, they can shrink, they can stay the same. They're, you know, can just do all different kinds of things over the yeah. years. So there are three different types of fibroids, um, and it, they're really typed on where they grow within the uterus. So you have a, um, the first one is a submucosal fibroid. It grows just below the lining of the uterus into the endometrial cavity. Mm -hmm. So um, into like um, the hollow part okay. of the uterus. Sure. I have a picture here. Um, 
that you can't see. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just looking at it. For those of you at home, yeah. he's got a picture. I do. <laughs> anyway, so but it's the that. endometrium is that lining, yeah. and so it'll just kind of grow into it's it. It's the lining that's left soft during menses. Yep. And if you have um, a fiber that's growing into your uterine cavity, that means it goes inside. Yes, inside the, the hollow part. The bleeding happens. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, there are also intramural fibroids uh, that grow in between the muscles of the uterus. Okay, so I had to, I actually had to look up this word like in various contexts because when I think of intramural, I think of like intramural sports, right? And so this is like an intramural fibroid. Um, but intra means within and mural means attached to and limited to the wall or a cavity too. So yeah. Um, anyway, so that one will grow um, like inside the actual muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you have the type that's going to grow into the open cavity and then you have the type that's going to grow into the muscle. Uh -huh. And then you have a subserosal fibroid and there's actually a couple different types of these. Um, they grow on the outside of the uterus. So they'll grow. You have one that grows inside, one that grows outside, one that grows inside the muscle. Mm -hmm. And then you can have these. <laughs> oh, she's excited. Adunculated yes. fibroids. Yes. And they flop around because they have like a stem. Mm -hmm. Like a stalk. Like a stalk. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. So, have but you seen them? Well, not in person. Oh, we, I mean, we see fibroids all the time in the OR, right? Yeah. In cesarean. So you should, if you, if you, oh, see, one, if you see one, yeah, I'm usually just like the helping hand, you know, yeah. back and stuff. Fluttering so, oh, yeah, I would love to see one fluttering about. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, I would be fluttering. You're about. fluttering. Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. Hopefully, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of a ductulated oh, form. Look yeah. at that one. It, there it goes. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, so if you're, I, I would mm -hmm. love to see it if we're if there's ever the opportunity. Anyway, so those are the three types, just based on where cool. they grow. Three types with another subtype. Yeah, I love of it. The pedunculated, because they grow on the outside. Pedunculated is a great word. What a great word! It's a great word. I love it. Cuscoquim was the word that my family and I were yeah. talking about the other day. There's a river, the Cuscoquim River. And yeah. I feel like that's a really fun word. Yeah, I used to live on Cuscoquim Drive. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Cuscoquim. Okay. So what causes fibroids, you ask? Hormones. Okay. Oh, wait. Is it you're asking for real? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, this is going to be like almost everything else that we talk about. Like nobody really knows for sure. Okay. Oh. So hormones is one of them. The hysteria of it yes, all. Yes, the hysteria of it all. Just the hormones. kidding. Just kidding. Right. But there's not really any, like 100%, this is what causes it. There's risk factors. There's, you know, in other things that are involved. But it looks like hormones and genetics primarily. Yeah. And stress. Yeah. Like um, major stressors. Mm -hmm. Not like I'm running late for work today, but like major life stressors. Um, okay. So some risk factors. So age, um, the older, um, older women are at a higher risk than younger women. Mm -hmm. Um, usually they'll develop in women of childbearing age. Mm -hmm. Um, and some research su suggests that after menopause though, that they shrink and mm -hmm. will go away because, hormonally because it's hormonally driven. Yeah. Yep. So estrogen seems to be a factor in the growth. Um, so the more estrogen, the more growth and le less estrogen, less growth, and then they'll shrink. And so they usually don't cause too many problems in postmenopausal women. Um, African-American race, 
um, African-American women will develop them typically at a younger age and they grow larger and can oh. cause more severe symptoms Interesting. than white women in particular, looking at those two races. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, and also okay. more so um, if it's, it's you're more likely to have it cause problems postmenopausal if you're of African American descent as but well. But why? Well, I don't know. There's like so many. Uh, it's just you think about hormones. Yeah, I know. But there's lots of genetic that, thing, I'm, and there's lots of um, like you know health issues that mm -hmm. African American people are just more at risk for for various reasons. We yeah. can. That's a whole other topic we can get into. Oh man, it should be. Yeah, I think that'd be great. Yeah, like, we can. Um, female. <clears throat> Oh, look, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Hypertension. Yeah, yeah, heart disease is a big one. Just the disparity of The health. disparities, yeah. Oh, my God. It's really Let's bad. Let's do it. I think yeah. we should. Yeah. yeah, I'm interested in that. Um, obesity, so a very high BMI. Um, and they didn't... It, very. Yeah, so I think it's in the, you know, there's the there's the high, very high, like morbid. There's like categories high, of... Very high, morbidly. Morbidly, yeah. So... Um, if they're in the very high BMI range, it can increase their risk two to three times. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So again, um, nutrition is important. Um, and then a family history, like many other things too. So if you have a mother who has had fibroids, then your risk of having them is about three times higher than the average. So that's okay. a lot. Um, high blood pressure can put you at risk. Okay. Which I that was interesting. Yeah. Um, a vitamin D deficiency. Yeah. The, you know, vitamin D. It's a big it's thing. It's not a vitamin. It's an essential part of it the is, body. Yeah. It really shouldn't be termed a vitamin. It's so essential for so many functions. It's, yeah. Well, but all the vitamins are. Yeah. But vitamin D in particular, like you need, well, another topic. Another topic. Okay. Oh, we can do a whole topic on vitamin, on vitamin D. D. Okay. Very That'd good. Great. Perfect. Oh, write write that down. <laughs> yeah, this was interesting, and I didn't look more into it. But food additive consumption can increase your risk too. How do they go about figuring that out? I'm not sure about that. I'm sorry, I'm asking. I didn't know, I know, because I don't have the answer to that. Um, I didn't go that that deep into it. I wasn't looking at the. Yeah, I didn't look at it's studies okay. on food additive consumption, but I thought it was interesting and it was in multiple sources. Yeah, so that's why I listed it. Yeah. Um, there was a couple things that were only listed in like one source. And so mm -hmm. I left those out because mm -hmm. um, I figure if it's listed in a couple good, reliable sources that they got it from somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then this I saw in every study that I looked at or every article that I read, um, frequent consumption of soybean milk. Well, how random. I know. Soy soy milk though has I mean you know soybeans have been a nutritional controversial like yeah. topic for years. Mm -hmm. Is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Does it cause what things? Does it not cause things? Yeah. So anyway, it could be the soy huh. soybeans. Also, no history of a pregnancy. So really interesting. With each pregnancy, your risk um, of developing fibroids like later on decreases. Nice. Yeah. And also long-term use of oral or injectable contraceptives decrease the risk. And I'll talk a little bit more about those. Okay. Um, and it's hormonally driven. Um, okay. So there are lots of symptoms. And again, most women are not going to have symptoms though. Um, but heavy prolonged um, bleeding um, either during your menstruation or in between menstruation. And I think we talked about in a different episode, I can't remember what it was, but um, like any bleeding between your menstrual cycle, you should take note of and yeah. go get it checked out because that's abnormal. Yeah. Um, 
Additionally, you can have anemia, iron deficient anemia from all the bleeding. Yeah. So that can cause fatigue and, you know, tiredness and uh, not feeling your best. Um, painful intercourse. Um, frequent urination, especially if it's a larger fibroid that puts pressure on the bladder. Yeah. And then um, chronic constipation or bloating, kind of same deal. Um, just putting pressure on the bowels. Because it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. Um, Increased in menstrual cramping um, Mm -hmm. and pain during menstruation, pain in your pelvis, lower back specifically too. Um, And this feeling of like, they described it as like this fullness in the pelvic area. Um, And then of course, enlargement of your abdomen as it grows, if it gets too big. And then um, it can cause reproductive issues too and infertility. Yeah. Um, so if you have it in pregnancy, I thought that this was interesting. Um, you are more likely if you have fibroids, more likely to have problems during like pregnancy and delivery specifically. Um, however, most women have not have normal pregnancies, but it can cause like sometimes if they're really large, babies can't flip to vertex. Yes. That's one of the things. Oh, sorry. Yeah. So, um, a breech baby, right? So mm-hmm. dependent on where that fibroid is, it could encourage a breech presentation. So then that would cause. And the babies can't move. And then they can't. Fibroid isn't, yeah. uh, you know, impeding their yeah. movement. And it can also, um, labor fill, failure to progress. I think for the same reason where it can impede Maybe. the descent of the baby too. And, um, dilation of that cervix. Mm-hmm. They, um, also, a woman who has fibroids is six times greater risk for a cesarean, which I thought was really interesting. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, it probably has to do with right labor failure to progress yeah. and breach presentation, and also more likely to um, experience a placental abruption or that placenta tearing away from the uterine mm-hmm. wall during labor. What about um, hemorrhage? Hemorrhage, um, yes, at more more um, increased risk of hemorrhage afterwards. Okay, yeah, because that uterus is unable to really contract like and com- yeah. yep, and clamp down. And then preterm delivery too is is a higher risk. So it's good to know that if if you have them, right? So then you can. Was there much on um, intrauterine growth restriction? No, I didn't find that it's in my particular. Like really unlikely. I just wonder if, low. if it's really big, then does baby stop growing or right. do you just then go into labor? Well, that makes sense that if it is, or if it's, you know, like diverting blood supply or taking up spit, no, it shouldn't really do that. Not if the, yeah. I wouldn't think through the placenta, no. but that is how growth restriction happens. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if it impairs. Yeah. I'm not sure. Cause I didn't see in the yeah. articles I read Interesting. about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, just knowing if you have them is good is good information. Yeah. Um, so there's different ways to diagnose. Um, usually someone's going to come in with these symptoms, right? So you're going to get a good history um, if there is any issues like we just talked about. Okay. And a, like a really good way to diagnose too is a pelvic exam. So your provider will just get their fingers in there and feel above and like around inside and um, from the top. And they can usually feel if there's you can feel something a in large there one. or yeah. um uh physicians or providers who are feeling uteruses all the time mm-hmm. are much more likely yeah to identify a small fibroid mm-hmm. whereas i'm 
Yeah, identify a big one. A big one, yeah. <laughs> and it probably too depends on like where is it at? Is it growing on the inside if it's growing on the outside or right. inside or you know, where is it growing? Yeah. Is it in the yeah. muscle? Yeah. Is it is it near the cervix? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um there's imaging that you mm -hmm. can do. So you can just do an ultrasound that can be placed um, vaginally or abdominally to try to identify them. You can get an MRI that uses, you know, like magnets and radio waves to produce a really awesome picture. You can use x-rays, um, CAT scans, um, which is like an x-ray with lots of different, from lots of different angles that creates a large picture. Um, and then there's a hysterosalpingogram. And this is where like a radiopaque dye is introduced into the uterus and then you take x-ray pictures and you can see the fibroids like light up. Yeah. And then this was new to me. I didn't know about this, but a sonohistogram, this is where they inject water into the uterus to make an ultrasound picture. So I think it's just um, when you're, I don't, I don't actually know. I was just thinking out loud and then it didn't make sense. So I'm not going to say it. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but it must make the image easier to see the fibroids if the uterus is full or depending on where the well, uterus so is. Well, it would be solid versus fluid filled. Right. And so if you have fluid and then there's a, and then there's a the, divot yes, so, yeah. out of the fluid, you can say, okay, here's the here's water inserted and here's the solid. The fibroid. Here's the uterine wall and here's this. Yeah, you could just see it better. Is that what I think? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. So anyway, um, imaging really is going to tell you, is going to be pretty diagnostic. Um, so if you have fibroids and you don't have symptoms and you're, they're not causing you problems and there's not really any reason to treat them because mm -hmm. some of the treatments can be invasive and have other side effects. Yep. So, um, you know, there's like things that you want to think about if you learn that you have fibroids and if you want to treat them or not. And um, if you want to become pregnant in the future and maybe you're having trouble with that, that would be a reason, right? Maybe you're not symptomatic, but maybe you're having trouble getting pregnant right. and you have this diagnosis of fibroids, then you would want to treat it if you wanted to become yeah. pregnant. Um, the size of the fibroids, yeah. that's going to be a biggie too. And then the location, where are they at? Sure. And um, all of these things are going to be like, are probably going to be de dependent to in addition with your symptoms that you're having and um, how close to menopause is the thing too. how, you know, are you going to go through menopause and then they're just naturally going to decrease in size and not mm -hmm. cause any problems later on. Right. So the first line would be if you have mild symptoms, so um, medications, can be really helpful, um, but may help or may not, depending on what you're trying to do. So just if you're having just some mild pain, or maybe you're having increased pain with menstruation or something like that, using just over-the-counter pain medicines might be enough just to control like the symptoms like ibuprofen or Tylenol. Yeah, stuff like that. Okay. Um, and that's going to be more for what they're categorizing as mild pain. Um taking an iron supplement to treat anemia. If you have really heavy bleeding, that might be what you need, right? Just to gain that energy back maybe that you're losing. Um, birth control. So this can be really helpful um, and generally the lower dose um, birth control. So they talked about low dose birth control pills in addition to the Depo-Provera shot, which is lower dose and the Mirena IUD. So those can be um, helpful in treating um, treating fibroids. But if you're trying to get pregnant, then those aren't the way. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. Um, there is a more heavy-duty drug, and they're the gonadotropin-releasing hormone antagonists. 
And these inhibit estrogen and androgen synthesis, causing a decrease in the amount in circulation that are then going to grow the fibroids. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, there's a limit you can take those. There is a limit. There's actually lots of issues with these. Let's talk about it. So, um, they are really pretty effective in shrinking the fibroids. They can be given by injection, a nasal spray, or like an implanted medication Mm -hmm. device. I feel like, um, the idea behind that medication is that you're shrinking them for surgical removal, yes. right? Yep, I'm going to get there. Okay. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah, My because you, like, yes, okay. yeah. So um, they are often used, that was my next sentence. They're often used um, before surgery to make the surgery easier, right. to make the removal of the fibroid easier mm-hmm. um, because there is lots of, lots of side effects um, hot flashes, depression, um, sleeplessness, a decreased sex drive, joint pain. Um, it does usually create an absence in menses. Um, so that's good. And it allows, um, women because they have this absence in menses, it allows them to recover that from that anemia. Um, but lots of symptoms that may really impact people's life when you're Mm -hmm. thinking about decreased sex drive, decreased sleep, you know, pain, depression. Wow. That's yeah. You don't want to do that forever. Um, it can also cause bone thinning, you know, and can lead to audio osteoporosis. I think this is one of the medications I talked about when I talked about osteoporosis, um, that can cause it. Um, so they limit this medication to six months or less Mm -hmm. because it can cause so many problems. Um, but the problem is that once you stop taking it, then the symptoms will come back. So really the best way is going to be surgery. Um, if you're trying to, yeah, permanently or do or long-term fix. Yeah. So let's talk about surgery. So for moderate to severe symptoms, surgery is going to be recommended. Um, if you can't control the stuff with like birth control pills and just over the counter stuff or, or hormonal, uh, birth control and, um, yeah, like over-the-counter pain medicines. Um, so there's different types of surgery that they can do, which is interesting. And I just thought, just go in there and just take it out. But there's yeah. different things that they can do. Um, so a myomectomy, this is going to um, remove the fibroid without removing the healthy tissue of the uterus. Yeah. And this is really great for women who desire to have children after this procedure um, or somebody who doesn't want to necessarily have a hysterectomy for whatever reason. Um, it can help to prevent that. Um, and so you can get pregnant after a myomectomy. Um, if I, they were saying that if it was really deeply embedded into the, um, the uterine muscle that you may, then that's like a surgical incision into the uterine wall. And so you may just need to have a cesarean, um, depending on delivery, depending on where it is. Yeah. Um, you can, I actually had somebody that just had um, a baby after having a complete resection of her septum. Oh yes. I, yeah. And, um, you know, her uterine scar was kind of at the fundus, but uh-huh. she was able to, Oh, um, you know, cause her septum went all the way down. Right. So, but she was able to labor spontaneously. Yeah. Well, mildly induced um and then her body just kind of yeah that's thing and it was fine but you know that can really be a problem and yeah. increase your risk of um having a uh an abruption an abruption yeah and so you have to talk about all of those things but anyway i just was like yay for her yeah no that is really awesome 
Yeah. So depending on, yeah, where that incision is in the uterus, any, I mean, any incision into the uterus can be a reason to have mm-hmm. a C-section. Very true. Yeah. It just depends on where. So if, yeah. if at all possible, if you're looking for forward to having a baby and you've had any uterine surgery, mm-hmm. make sure to get your records and take them with you. We have a high trauma population in yeah. our community. And so take your records with you so that physician or provider caring mm-hmm. for you um, can help determine whether or not a TOLAC or a trial of labor after cesarean yeah. would be something you'd want to do. Yeah. Or even if it wasn't a cesarean, even if it was any kind even of uterine surgery. Yeah. Any yeah. uterine incision, really. Yeah. So when they're doing a myomect- myomectomy, mm-hmm. this can be done in a couple different ways. They can do it, um, you know, laparoscopically. They can go in through the vagina and so it just, they don't necessarily have to make an incision into your um, abdomen. So um, just depending on the type size, there's so many factors that go into it where it's located. Um, but it's important to know that if you have a myomectomy and remove the fibroids, that they can grow back. It's not like necessarily a permanent solution because there's a reason why they were growing in the first place. Right. And often if you know, you're not correcting that underlying reason and you don't even know what it is or it could be genetic, like you can't really do much about that. Um, then just know that, you know, hopefully it doesn't grow back or maybe you can have this myomectomy, take some of that hormonal birth control if you're not trying to have a baby and uh, manage it that way. Um, you can have a hysterectomy um, and just remove the uterus. Mm-hmm. There's lots of other risks and considerations when you, um, you know, are thinking about that, but this is like the ultimate cure for uterine fibroids. Cause if sure. you don't have a uterus, then you don't you have, can't you can't have fibroids. uterine fibroids. Yeah. Um, Generally, this will happen if the fibroids are like really, really large or if there's a lot of heavy bleeding. Um, And hysterectomies can also come out. um, They can do in various ways. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times we can do them laparoscopically. But if you have a giant fibroid that won't fit through the vagina to bring it out, then you'll have to do an abdominal incision. Um, Sometimes they'll remove the ovary and the cervix at the same time. That's going to be a discussion with your provider and lots of other factors. That's too much for this This little blurred. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's lots of uh, reasons why you would want to leave those if you can. Um, Another way, this was, um, this is interesting. So endometrial ablation. So the lining of the uterus is basically like removed or destroyed to cause that heavy bleed or to. It's like scalded. Yeah, it's like scalded. They can use laser wire loops, boiling water, Mm -hmm. um, electrical current, freezing or microwaves, which I thought was really interesting. Microwaves? You know, like the microwaves that are in microwaves. Like whatever, however microwaves work, they can use that type of technology. I don't know. A microwave, not a microwave. You're not. Don't put yourself in the microwave. microwave. No, but microwaves. (laughs) (laughs) No, I read that. I was like, okay, all right, yep. So that's kind of cool. Um, this is considered. This can be on an outpatient. You can go into your clinic and have it done. Versus like if you're having a myomectomy or hysterectomy, that's going to be generally in a hospital or surgical center. You may or may not need to stay inpatient or not. Yeah, it's a major surgery. Um, This one isn't so major. It's considered a minor surgery. Most people recover quickly. Um, About half of women who um, have this procedure done, they don't have any more menstrual bleeding. And about three in 10 have a much lighter bleeding. But it's really important to know that after this is done, you cannot have children. 
Yes. So um, some, you wouldn't want to do that if you're of childbearing age and looking forward to a family. Yeah. Unlikely. Of course, on every there's always anomalies. I was going to okay? say, I've seen there's always Yes, there's years. always, sorry, thank you. Because I thought about that too. I was like, you know, nothing's 100% unless you remove the uterus. But right. um, yeah, but don't, I wouldn't count on it if you have this procedure right. done. It'd be a way of preventing pregnancy. It would. Not 100%. Not 100%. Yeah. Um, another um, way to get rid of these fibroids, this is all really interesting too, is myolysis. So a needle is inserted into the fibroid and um, electric current or freezing is used to destroy the fibroid from kind of like the inside out. What? I know. And then what happens to it? Well, it probably just shrivels up and falls out or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So it's reabsorbed. Yeah. So so they're not necessarily, it should, it's damage tissue. It's going to, your body is pretty good at getting rid of stuff yeah yeah okay yeah um something kind of yeah i know because that seems like a not so invasive you know it's like to get in there you still got to get in there Yeah. yeah um uterine fibroid embolization or ufe or uterine artery um embolization u a E. Um, so this is where a thin tube is thread into the blood vessel that supplies the fibroid. And then they basically inject like a blocking agent mm-hmm. of some sort, like a gel or plastic or something that's going to block that vessel and um, decrease blood flow to but the doesn't fibroid. Doesn't it cause like pelvic congestion syndrome? Um, so I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some reasons why you wouldn't have this done. So, um, not all fibroids can be treated with this way. Um, it is there, they are not likely to grow back though. So that's kind of a more long-term, um, yeah, but there's not a whole lot of research. Like Mm -hmm. there's still more research that needs to be done, but, um, candidates include people who have fibroids that are causing heavy bleeding. Mm -hmm. Um, if they're causing pain or pressure on the bladder or rectum, um, if they don't want to have a hysterectomy, um, and if they don't want to have children in the future. So all of those other things are first. Because I feel like if you're doing an embolism, you're cutting off the blood supply to the uterus. Yeah. Well, that one is particularly um, the uterine artery embolism. Yeah. Right. So right. So that's why it says if you don't want to have, if you don't want to have children. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Because you probably can't undo that. No. Because once you kill the tissue, it's dead. Yeah. You know, it generally doesn't come back to life. (laughs) Anyway, but it does cause the fibroids to shrink and go away essentially. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's one solution. Yeah. Yeah. And it may not, um, well, I'm just thinking about the arteries into the uterus. Maybe well, it doesn't. Main ones, yeah. Right? So you still and gonna, so because you you're not. It's not going to get necrotic or right. Completely. You don't want it to. Be, you're probably right. going to do the one side that's closest, whichever one is like feeding the fibroid. Like me the from most. a non-surgical perspective, yeah, I have no idea. Me too. But, um, yeah. You know, you have two. Like, right, and you, you know. could even maybe do a partial ablation or something like that. You know, where it's I, yeah, I, interesting. You know, yeah, just decreasing. Surgeons out there, tell yeah. us what what you've done. Yeah, we have a couple people we know. Oh, we do. <laughs> we know some people. Um, so if you are diagnosed with this, just some things to like consider asking or thinking mm-hmm. about, right? Um, talking to your provider about. So you would want to know, like, how many fibroids do you have? Like, how big are they? 
Um, where are they located? Because that can determine treatment and size too. Um, you know, are they thinking that they're going to grow bigger? How fast are they going to grow? And this is all going to be individual, you know, based on your history and your risk factors and all of that and stuff. And likely there's not going to be a, a concrete answer either. So no. remember that when you're asking yep. these questions, there's probably a lot of hypothetical. There is. Like if we do this or that, or this mm-hmm. is going to happen or may not happen. So if this and yeah. that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, some other things that you would want to know, we just kind of talked about, but like what kind of problems can they cause? What are tests and imaging? Like all of these things that we talked about, but talk about it specific, you know, ask these questions your, like specific to you. Yeah. Um, because not all of the treatment options that we talked about would be, you know, you would be a candidate for, um, and there might be lots of personal ways that you would want to go based on what you want to do with your life. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's uterine and fibroids. Nice. Excellent. They're interesting. I learned some stuff when I I was researching this, some stuff I didn't know. So that was great. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. Mm -hmm. I I would like to do a couple episodes on cases. Oh. If, you know, if they were out there and Mm -hmm. um, tellable. Yeah. If we can find them. Yeah. That would be a fun episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No kidding. So uh, while you were talking, I was like, there's so many things. There's so many. And so... um, if you've had a fibroid. Yeah. Share your fibroid story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll send you a sticker. Yeah. Two. two. One for you. One, one for, for your sister. Friend. Yeah. <laughs> your mother, your brother, yeah. who's got a wife yeah. and babies. Yeah. Or no babies. Yeah. Just a situation, a story. Yeah. Huh. All of those things. So share your stories. Don't forget. Yep. com. That's the place. Click the link in the show notes, which is right before the play button or right below the play button Mm -hmm. rather. And yeah. Tell us what you think of our show by reviewing, liking, commenting, telling us we're your favorite. Yep. (laughs) And if we're not, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. I'm kidding. Don't (laughs) tell us what we can do to make it better. Yeah. We want to make sure that everybody is enjoying our topics. Mm -hmm. And if you have any topic ideas, send them our way. Yep. Yeah. And that's it. We hope you feel enlightened. Yeah. Spread love and laughter. Yes. I had her do it. Yay. Bye. Bye.